I want to uh, welcome Laura up here. Give Laura a huge round of applause. This is the, uh, I don't know if it's the first time that Laura's preached, but it is in this church. And we are um, really excited. She's doing a bit of rapping already. Really excited to have her up here. And I want to pray for her before she fires off. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much uh, for the time we've spent worshipping and praising you. We thank you. You're a holy God, worthy of our praise. And Lord, I just thank you so much for our sister, Laura, for her obvious heart and love for you, Lord. And I pray as she uh, speaks to us, as I said before, to her, to her family. It's just like sitting in a lounge room talking to family and friends that she would challenge and encourage us through what you've placed on her heart, Lord. We thank you for her heart for worship and praise. Um, and we ask a real blessing upon this time now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll just be bound by the cable so I can't go running down the aisles. Just kidding, I wasn't planning on that. We'll see what happens though, eh? All right. Well, good morning, Hills Baptist Church. My name is Laura and where I kind of fit into the family is that I help to um, coordinate the worship team. And I'd like to start just by giving these guys a huge clap and appreciation. I love you. You're amazing. Not just this morning's team, but the whole team. You guys are incredible. We're a team that doesn't take a break. We're a team that is in through and through and preach it, right? Come on. So yeah, it's, it is definitely my privilege to lead that team and it's my privilege to bring the word to you this morning. Slight terror as well. I'm shaking, but we're going to be great. So it's my privilege to bring the first message of a new year. But as Shep said last week, you know, it's just a chat, right? It's all we're doing here, just a chat. So I'm not a studied Bible scholar, but I do love Jesus. Stop filming me. And let's see what God wants to reveal to us today. And usually I'd be singing whenever I'm up here. So if you don't mind, I'd like to just put this morning's sermon to Melody. Just kidding. Yes, you laughed. All right. That was one of the points where I wrote ha-ha in the notes. Anyway, that would be atrocious, so I'm not going to do that. Now, before we go too deep here, I will warn you of a couple of things ahead of time for those of you who don't know me heaps well. Number one, I reckon I'm probably up there with one of the most bogan people in this church. So don't freak out if I start talking about how much I'm sweating or how much I would love a schnitty right now, but it's just who I am, so yeah, there is that. Number two, I am married to this man, Adam Williams, drummer, guitarist, vocalist, and elder extraordinaire. So yeah, single ladies, back down. But in all seriousness though, I need to honour this guy for being such a servant of this house. I fully put him through the ringer when it comes to how much we are involved in serving in ministry. And so he is very supportive and encouraging and just wants to give his absolute best. So thank you for modelling that not only to me, but also to this entire family. So yeah, if you don't know him, yeah, come on. All right. This level of engagement is going real good for me, by the way, so let's keep it up. So yeah, if you don't know him, get around him. He's a great guy, not you single ladies. And now, number three. For some reason, when I get up here, it's either all laughs and giggles or it's all tears. So if that happens, I just wanted to let you know I'm actually fine. Um, it's all good. Um, I usually... Uh, I've just allowed myself to be very moved by the presence of God. So if that happens, just go with it. So it's, I'm wrecked, but I'm fine, if that makes sense. So all good. Okay, intro's done. Let's get into it. So 
We're going to be in chapter 6 of the Gospel of Matthew today. So if you are a bring your Bible to church kind of person, you can head there now. But for everybody else, it will be up on the screen. Um, Now, as, as I was preparing for this morning... I had so many thoughts going around in my head. It's not every day that your pastor comes up to you and says, you can preach a free choice sermon and you've never preached before. So let's just think about all the things that God's ever taught you and choose something. So there's been a lot going on, lots of back and forth with the Lord. And I feel like what I have to bring today is what he wants to say to us today. And that's really my heart. So um, I just want to be speaking whatever he wants to say to his people. So... Let's um, believe for him to say good things to us. Amen? Okay. His word moves, his word convicts, and it moulds us. So as we walk out of this building today, I am hoping we're going to be full of hope that we can look a heck of a lot more like Jesus this year. Okay? And the title of this message is going to be On Earth As It Is In Heaven. And I suppose the main thing that we're going to be exploring today is what it looks like for us to go into a brand year brand new year and be a people that bring heaven to earth. Now I know this won't be a new concept to most of us here, really it's one of the most foundational things that we understand as the ones representing Christ on the earth, but the Lord has been revealing to me that this is not a checkbox kind of thing. This is not a do it once and it's done, trademark grace lever kind of thing. This aspect of our walk with God is ever-changing and has the potential to take us deeper and deeper into his heart for the world, the world, if we would only let him. Now, as a worship leader, I could not help myself but draw the line between prayer and petition and worship and how we have the privilege to not only bring our requests before God in prayer as we speak to him, but also um, as we sing to, to him as well. Lots of people think that prayer is reserved to the eyes closed, hands together formula, but I want to bring a different perspective to us this morning, perhaps something you hadn't considered before. So strap on in, it's going to be a great time. So let's hear it from the big man himself, and we're going to pick it up in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6. Now this is Jesus speaking on prayer, and this is all the red letters, baby, so we know it's going to be good. I mean, it's all good, but you know what I mean anyway. So at this point... Jesus has just gotten through some heavy teaching. He is laying it down with instruction on murder, adultery, divorce, just all those peachy things in life. But I love how this passage of Scripture sits where it does. I think it's such a great reminder that he is looking at the heart more than any behavior that we display. We know that he is all about relationship and he wants us to know him so well so that everything we pray for, everything we ask for is what he wants for us anyway, right? So we get more of heaven in us, so the earth can't help but look more like his world. But more on that later. Let's read it. So from verse 6, I'm going to be reading from the message translation. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They are full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Do not fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. 
This is what I find so beautiful about the gathered church and the language that we've been given to pray to and worship to God. There's not only Jesus who sets the ultimate example, but there are hundreds of people on the earth whose sole mission is to write the worship songs that we sing, whether that's all together or on our own throughout the week. Now, we all know that not songs were created equally, not all songs. There are some that just take you straight to the throne room of God. You're just bringing in the high praise, reckless devotion. You hear the intro and you're like, yes, I am ready. I'm fired up. I'm ready to trash my voice. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. And then perhaps there are others that we don't connect with as well. We stand there with our mouths closed, staring off into the distance. Maybe you're thinking about that schnitty I was talking about earlier. And I get that. We all have our preferences But sometimes, and I bring this humbly, sometimes I think we lack understanding in how a song can be used. Not all songs are meant to do the same thing. And as soon as we realize this, our worship and prayer life explodes with new possibility. I heard someone say that worship is the prayer that we all pray together, right? Worship is the prayer that we all pray together. It's beautiful. So in that case, worship songs could be considered as prayers, prayers with melody, Worship songs can be our heart's cry for heaven to come to earth. And they're not only for expressing expressing how much he is worth to us, but also our opportunity for intercession. Now, in the passage that we just read, Jesus said, with a God like this loving you, a God who knows you and he knows better than you what you need, you can pray very simply. You can sing very simply. We just sang a beautiful song, Build My Life. It's a simple song. Because how many of you know that God is not impressed with Christian jargon? He knows it. God is not impressed when we can cram the entire doctrine of the gospel into the lyrics of one song, as important as that is for us. I want to challenge you with this thought this morning that God is looking for people who cling to a simple phrase, to be worshippers who carry the heart of the cry on earth as it is in heaven. Not only do we have the opportunity for vertical worship, which is all about giving him the honour that he deserves. And I think here at Hills Baptist, we get this. This is kind of like our home territory for us. But we also have this world of intercessory worship available to us as believers. This sing it before it happens territory. This believe it before I see it territory. This prophesy your promise territory. Now, how many times have you come to church and not connected with a song and just put yourself on the bench? Maybe it doesn't speak directly to me right in that moment. Maybe I feel like I can't honestly and with integrity sing that song at the moment. Maybe I'm so broken by the week that I've just had that I thought simply getting in the building was all I could manage. But I'm here to tell you this morning that these thought patterns are not from God. This is the work of the enemy and here's why. Can I remind you of the Genesis story where God creates? Now what does he create? The heavens and the earth, light, Sky, waters, land, plant life, sun, moon and stars, living creatures in the waters and on the earth and the grand finale, humanity. We know this story from Genesis 1. But I want to ask you this morning, how does he create? Let's go there. This is going to be on the screen. Genesis 1 verse 3. And God said, let there be light. Verse 6. And God said, let there be an expanse. Verse 9. And God said... Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. And verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We know that when God speaks, he creates. 
entire planets and galaxies. I mean, come on. How powerful is the word of God? Then look at this. Genesis 2, verse 7, speaking of the creation of humanity. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Now, what am I on about here? This is all well and good, isn't it? I think it's safe to assume that the same creation breath that spoke the universe into being is the same life-giving breath that woke humanity up. Amen? That same word that spoke the planets into motion, spoke our hearts to beating and our minds to thinking and perceiving and our bodies to moving. And if that's true, then can it not also be said that we, as humanity, we breathe and speak and sing with that same creation breath, that same creation power? Do we not also carry the breath of creation as one made in his image? And does that not also mean that every word we speak or sing has the potential to create? So when I sing, I will put my trust in you alone, and then I leave church and rely on my paycheck coming in to pay my bills, does that make me a liar? If I sing the bridge of do it again, I've seen you move, you move the mountains. I'm going to get through that quickly. And I believe I see you do it again. Why did I choose that key? Anyway, but I don't have 100% confidence that he will indeed do it again. Is it disingenuous? No. I sing. I speak what I want to see the Lord create in my life and believe him to do it. I prophesy, I speak forth his word, believing that his creation power is in every word that I say. And yes, this works the opposite way, but we're not going there today. Today is about believing in the power of the cry on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. This is about the church rising up and calling upon the Lord, trusting him at his word, and not creating our own theology based on what we have seen so far. This is about each believer in this room and beyond taking responsibility for the creation power living inside of each of us. So if we want to see broken relationships restored in our lives, if we want to see relief from this drought and the horrific fires that we've prayed for earlier, if we want to see sickness leave the bodies of those that we encounter, if we want to see ourselves come to the knowledge of who we are in Christ, and ultimately, if we want to see the Adelaide Hills transformed for the glory of God, then let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's sing about it and believe that he would do it. And not some kind of hopeless, like, moping about it, but actually speaking what God says about those situations. He can do it. Whatever he wants, he can do it. And the beauty of it all is, is that he's not bound by us. But do you know his greatest delight? It's when we choose to partner with him. When we say, all right, Dad, let's do this together. You know, I'll never forget the analogy that Shep used once when he was talking about little Benji helping him to mow his lawn. Does anybody else remember that in the house this morning? Yes, it would be a thousand times easier and more efficient for Dave just to mow that lawn himself. But the joy he got from his little fella looking up at him, just wanting with all of his heart just to help, just push that thing along, probably stumbling in the process, he just wants to help out, and it's just something else. This is how our Father feels about us when we choose to partner. We ask, how can you use me, Lord? 
not only because it brings him great delight, but it's good for us. The more that we carry his heart for the invasion of heaven to earth, the more we start to look like our king. So I'm going to keep it short this morning, but to finish off, I'm going to jump back to our original text, Matthew 6, picking it up in verse 9. And this is from the Passion Translation, one of my all-time faves. You know this passage. Pray like this, or for the sake of this morning, worship like this. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the centre on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. Now, I think I've said this about 50 times now, but we as Christians, the one who bear his name, have been given the mandate to bring heaven to earth. At Christmas time, we just celebrated the beginning of God's restorative mission to make our world look more like his world. Now, when the Father sent Jesus down to us as a humble, little, cute baby, he was taking the first step in our salvation story and ultimately the redemption of the entire earth. And all throughout the Gospels, we read story after story after story of the kinds of things that we can expect to see when heaven comes to earth. Jesus set the standard for what is normal when his kingdom is manifested here. And if you're feeling unfamiliar with this, you're sitting here and nothing's coming to mind for you, can I encourage you to make the Gospels the first place you start in your Bibles this year? Let's spend some time getting into the life of Jesus because let me tell you, we will become like what we behold. We will become more like Jesus the more that we read about him. There's a scripture in John that says, we as his believers will do greater works than what he did on the earth. So if we don't know what he did... (laughs) I don't think we're going to have much chance doing better then, you know? So we need to get into the story um, and understand what he did on the earth so that we can know what to model our lives after. I, for one, I want to behold Jesus and make 2020 a turning point where we see this earth, we see the Adelaide Hills look more like heaven than ever before. Anybody else in the room keen on that one? Sick. Let's get up at 6 a.m. and do it. Woo! We're totally going to do it. Someone hold us accountable. Thank you. All right, you can totally come up, Marty. It's my favourite bit. Okay. (laughs) So, let me encourage you with one final word. This is one of my all-time favourite quotes, which comes from a pastor, a father of the global church called Bill Johnson. And he says this. It's going to be on the screen. Jesus' primary mission is summed up in this one line. For the purpose the Son of God was manifested is that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8. That was Jesus' assignment. It was the disciples' assignment and it is your assignment as well. God's purpose in saving you was not simply to rescue you and keep you busy until he shipped you off to heaven. His purpose was much bigger. He commissioned you to demonstrate the will of God on earth as it is in heaven helping to transform this planet into a place that is radiant and saturated with his power and his presence. This is the very backbone of the Great Commission and it should define your life and mine. We have the privilege to partner with the Lord. How good is that? Your life is significant. So what we're going to do Um, to wrap up and hopefully seal this in our hearts is actually just take a moment to come before the Lord and we're going to ask him a few things that I prepared earlier. (laughs) 
And I'm actually going to leave some silence in between each of them. And hey, it might be awkward and wonderful, but I believe um, that he is going to speak to us. So I'm going to invite you to pray. And then as we do, we're going to finish with a final song. And I'm excited for what that's going to sound like. Because I'm hoping we're going to believe what we sing. Amen. Woo. Okay, let's pray. Yeah, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence among us. And we thank you for the call that you have placed on our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you choose to partner with us in your mission to bring heaven to earth. Father, would you remind us of the significance of our lives in your great plan? Lord, we thank you that we have the privilege of working alongside of you and coming into alignment with the fulfillment of your every purpose. Father, would you fill our minds with what you say about us? The significance of each life in this room, God, in your plan. Jesus, would you fill our minds with words and visions of where you're calling us to press in, to lean in in 2020 and the promises that you've made to us. Remind us of what we need to hope again in, to prophesy in, to believe in. Give us specific people to pray for, specific missions or causes to sing over and the people to support us along the way. Give us new songs. Give us fresh prayers and words of encouragement that truly help us to spur one another on to good works. Fill our minds, God. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to reveal to us the lies that we've believed about the power of your word and the power that you have to accomplish it in 2019, God. Expose the cobwebs of our faith and fill us with a fresh hope in your promises to us and your power to accomplish them, God. Give us hope to believe again in that thing that we thought was dead, you are the God of resurrection and of new life. You are the God of transformation. You would touch someone and they would be healed, God. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.